Welcome to Alphabet Flight Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with a guest. We talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is Andrew. Yay! Andrew, you have a couple of podcasts. Do a little bit of plug-in before we get started. Yeah, I run the Protagonist Podcast, which is a discussion of the main characters in a single story for a movie, TV show, comic book, or novel uh, every week. It cycles through those four categories. And then I also run Disney Animation Minute Essentials, which is a minute-by-minute discussion of Disney animated films. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about a, a a real dummy, Nimrod! Oh man! Yeah. By the way, Nimrod, it's it's kind of like one of those like ironic pizza names that are in. Um, yeah, because it, it it's like originally the name of a hunter, like biblically, right? Yeah, it's a, originally Great Hunter. That's literally what it was. You're, you, it's kind of like how someone's just like when someone calls someone Einstein now, like they almost are always tell, like, calling them dumb. Mm-hmm. Or or like Sherlock. Or Sherlock. Yeah, in about a hundred years or so, once the <laughs> Einstein becomes just a distant figure of history, it's his name is also going to be brought down as, hey, dummy. <laughs> but uh, what do you know about Nimrod? Uh, I am picturing in my mind a, like, he's sort of like a future sentinel from the X-Men. I'm picturing like kind of a big pink, kind of square-headed... Like 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 a blockhead, kind of looking sentinel. You you're fairly close. I mean, you know about him, but like he is a pink and white robot that's very crystallized. Yeah, that's okay. That is that is roughly what I had in mind. Now that you're showing it to me, um, not not precisely. I was probably picturing a different version, but like that shape. He's he is not your typical sentinel looking robot. No, well, that's why he's a uh, sentinel from the twenty, from a different future. I think he's mostly just like future, future sentinel, and he come and then he came back. So most of his timeline is like more or less contemporary. Yes, no. See, they've done it's. This is X Men, so timeline <laughs> and actual plot surrounding him is basically on a just a platform made of sand. I want to say, is he part of, like, the Onslaught future? No, he stays a future's past future. Really? Yeah, and he's kind of stuck oh, around man. since then. But, um, okay. but let's get let's talk about him in more um, simplistic terms first. Okay. So, his real name is, guess what? Nimrod. Yeah. What is his- Because uh, he's a robot. Yeah, what's his, what's his uh, occupation? Mutant hunter? Well, he's a hunter- Mostly of mutants, so you got that right as well. Okay. It, well, like, what does it actually say for occupation? Hunter. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I love I love the the ones where they put ac- occupation adventurer. I was like, I want to do that. Well, no, that's just code word for does it get paid for their job? Yeah, like like quasi unemployed. Yeah, like you technically because like when you are an adventurer, you. Uh, you don't get paid, and you basically just do your hobby with a side job. Okay, Nimrod the Hunter. His namesake, Nimrod the Great Hunter, which is actually mm-hmm. a biblical thing, I think. 
Am I thinking right? I'm, that's what I, that's where I know it from. So I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it's a biblical thing. It was a great hunter, and then eventually became you know the thing where it's just like you. Pr- what what probably happened is like about like maybe ten years or so afterwards, everyone's just like, look at this Nimrod over here when someone can't shoot their bow straight, and then <laughs> <laughs> then you know it morphed into look at this dummy. Yeah, I I'm really kind of curious about like the full etymology of that, like the history of it, because I definitely don't picture that terminology, like that phrase being used in like the 1600s. I mean, I don't know when, I mean, if, if, if it was Dimrod, I'd be like, that makes sense in English. Yeah. (laughs) But no, Nim, what's Nim? A bunch of smart rats. Get out of (laughs) here. Yeah. I I just can't see how like, like it has to somehow be related to people reading it in the Bible. It has to. Because we can't think of any other way to piece that together from other words. Yeah, well, um, he, his place of creation, because he has no place of birth, he has a creation, mm-hmm. uh, is Project Nimrod at an undisclosed location in the continental U.S. of the twenty early 21st century in an alternate reality. Mm-hmm. Okay, now this is actually making a little more sense if you said that it's Age of Apocalypse, right? No, it's not Age of Apocalypse. No, you're getting your apocalyptic futures oh, man. mixed up. Okay, because if it was Age of Apocalypse, it would kind of make sense, because Apocalypse is like a biblical era mutant. So he might have known Nimrod. Well, Nimrod did go back into the past, but I don't want to... Oh my god, we have to talk about Nimrod. Sorry, I just realized like <laughs> half of Nimrod's stuff without looking at it. Okay, so <laughs> Nimrod has went into the past before. Okay. And kind of done some stuff. But no, Age of Apocalypse and... It, this is Days of Future's Past. Days of Future Past. Oh, Days of Future Past, not Age of Apocalypse. Okay. Yeah, it's the other thing that never stops being ripped off by the by X-Men. Where they yeah. do a mediocre okay. version of it over and over again. Almost every right. year. And expect people to buy crossovers of all 11 titles. So you can get the full story. So if you can't tell, I have a slight dislike of x-men and how they're currently handled uh <laughs> i really i really want to love the x-men like i my my heart wants the x-men to be good and just lately it hasn't been that I, good i legitimately loved x-men at one point and then i just got tired of what they were doing like about the third yeah. year of them doing the hey look it's someone from the future from a, or from an apocalyptic version of earth story that they seem to do every single mini event now. Yeah, they've they've kind of like dug too deep into that well, and they haven't been doing enough with like the evil clones and and the Phoenix Force for a while. And and don't get me started. Oh my god, the Phoenix Force stuff. <laughs> uh, okay, sorry. <laughs> um, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Nimrod, who first showed up okay. in X Men One Ninety One, Raiders of the Lost Temple. Okay. So this was. I'm gonna try to like summarize the t- like what this <laughs> uh, what this issue was about anyway. Okay. Uh, because I have the I have the synopsis in front of me off from Comic Vine. So the cover is a Vision and Colossus fighting. Vision would win because if you can't punch <laughs> it, then why are you trying? Yeah, like Colossus, Colossus can get tired. Yeah. Also, you could just rip out your still heart there. 
there, still boy. Yeah. Like, Vision is like a almost a god when you think about. But whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, okay. But uh, apparently, the synopsis is. Uh, Spider-Man and the captured Selene were tortured by KG, who I, uh, who is uh, Kalon Gaunt. Uh, okay. And uh, the the Avengers go to the Met Library to find if there's a way to defeat them. I guess the internet is great now because they did have to go. To, <laughs> I think they would be able to just sit at their computer at home and be like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Then they were attacked by the Morlocks. Okay. Vision, Scarlet Witch, and then <laughs> Rogue and Raid were killed. Then Warlock rescues Storms and the Avengers escape. And then there's a lot in this and issue. Then Warlock. This is why. This is why I'm just like, what's going on here? <laughs> like this sounds like they took some pages out of like six other issues and then stuck them together. This doesn't sound well, right. Well, there's we're still going. We're still going. Okay. By the way. All right. Let's see if it if it all comes together. Let's see if it does. Spoiler alert: It doesn't because it's a Chris Claremont read book. Um, okay. I t- have an issue with Chris Claremont X Men um, <laughs> also, but uh, and then Warlock tries to remind Storm of the old reality, and then the Avengers sneak into Kalan Gaunt's castle, and then they fight some more. Sunder, Vision, Colossus, Nightcrawler, Ileana, Callisto, Warlock, and Spider-Man all die. Okay. And then Storm manages to steal the necklace from Kalog Gaunt, from Selene, who killed Kalog Gaunt. And then Storm becomes a Technarch, which is basically the, um... Warlock is, except yeah, like like alien techno, like well, bioorganic, not bioorganic, techno organic, um, and frees Doctor Strange, who uses Iliana power to turn time back, so the spell never happened. Uh huh. But then prevent, but then who prevented Kalan Gaunt from being freed in the first place? Nimrod, the Ultimate Sentinel, who arrives in the past. Kills the mugger, saving Jamie Rodriguez, and the necklace falls into the mud and sinks below. Huh. So, it was all I'm a dream? I'm not sure I follow. <laughs> but, but it's the first appearance of Nimrod, the ultimate sentinel. Yes, and it was four issues before the Wolverine. It was actually like, it was actually fairly close to uh, Fall of the Mutants. I'm thinking hmm. about it. And also, before Wolverine meets the power packs, it almost stabs a five-year-old girl. <laughs> so, well, you know, it's going to happen. All right, so how many Ultimate Sentinels do we have at this point? Mm, well, we have the Master Mold, who is okay, a version so, of so Nimrod. Okay, so there's Master Mold. I think a version of Nimrod. I think Nimrod would more accurately be like an evolution of Master Mold. Oh, no, he is an evolution of Master Mold. He actually uses... Oh, my God. I don't want to talk about X... Okay, never mind. We're going to talk about it. (laughs) Okay. Because Nimrod and Master Mold and... I don't know. Probably five other characters create Nimrod. But... Okay. So, we're done talking about the story. But, like, how, how many other Ultimate Sentinels can you think of? Because there's Nimrod, there's Master Mold, there's Bastion. 
So that's at least those three. There's probably um, at least one reprogrammed Sentinel that someone has that he also well, there that was, they also like call. the Sentinel miniseries. Um, that kid Justin, um, he was in Avengers Arena too. Yeah, and so he had he had the reprogrammed Sentinel, and then there was the reprogrammed Sentinel um, Rover in the alternate future in New X Men. Yeah. Oh my god. But I don't know if reprogrammed sentinels count as ultimate sentinels. Well, I mean it depends on what your idea of ultimate is. Like my idea of ultimate yeah. is throwing around a frisbee, but people don't <laughs> but you know, other people don't believe me on that, so Yeah. And then there was the Sentinel from New X Men that destroyed Genosha and then in Astonishing X Men it was still alive and it wanted to be the X Men because it was now a mutant sentinel. Yes, and then there's also those Sentinels that were reprogrammed to protect the last 198 people. But, well, those weren't reprogrammed. Those were piloted. Oh, no, those were piloted because they... Be- Agent, agents of one or something. Oh, my God. I think I'm so tired of X-Men's BS. And okay. they were there pretty much all throughout the, um, oh, what was it? Like, the young X-Men? It was like the good, the good reboot of uh, New X Men. It was like a, it was a Chris Yost, um, Young X Men about the students. It was yeah, it good. Was I really, liked that really series. Really good. It was like super I, good. It, had, it, it, it was a really good series. Oh, and that just reminded me. Somewhere in that series, I don't think these count as Sentinels because I think they were from the Marauders. But there was like Predator X's built. <sighs> well, let's just say that Sentinels uh, have a long storied <laughs> history. There's, there's a lot of stuff trying to hunt down mutants. A lot of things. A lot of things do, uh, including Nimrod, who we are supposed to be talking about. Okay, what what are like what are his powers? What's his what's we're, his genius? We're going to get to his history, and then we're going to talk about what his powers are, because it's basically whatever he wants. So, okay, <laughs> uh, yeah. So he in the early twenty first century of an alternate reality, Sentinel robots mm-hmm. have effectively taken control of the United States to carry out their mission of. Eliminating the alleged alleged menace posed to ordinary humanity by superhuman mutants. So instead of instead of them being like paper, where some guy with concussive force blast coming out of his portal eyes um, <laughs> could tear him apart, they were effective because Sentinels are apparently effective mutants. Yeah, they were. Yeah, um, they succeeded in either killing all known uh, superhumans. Rather mutant or not. Okay, so so they like they went all out to superhumans, no, period. Yes, and they either killed all known superhumans, mutants or not, or imprisoned them in concentration camps. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Days of Future Past style. Yeah. Um, Got it. Yeah. Uh, the, the last known survivors of the X-Men was adult Kitty Pride or Catherine Pride, also known as Ariel. Also known as several other things, Shadow Cat, a couple other ones, Star Lord for a little bit. When yeah, whenever that's, that's Bendis was just like, this is a person I wanted to kiss as a teenager, and just made her kiss <laughs> a version of himself that he made in Star Lord. <clears throat> okay, I have so many things to say about that. About well, you're still you're still letters away from Star Lord, so yeah. I'm still still far away, but still. She she's had a lot of names and lots of lots of costumes, some okay, some horrible, some pretty cool. So Rachel Summers and Ariel uh entered a top secret cyber robotics complex in order to deal with the Project Nimrod. The effort to 
make them a highly advanced Sentinel robot using the technology of that time. They were discovered and pursued by guards, and they locked themselves uh-huh. wi- within Nimrod's laboratory, Project Nimrod's laboratory. However, the laboratory is shielded against use of Pride's powers to phase through solid matter. Oh man. And they believe that they're both trapped. Um, then Pride gave Summers a post-hypnotic command to use her psionic powers to project herself into the past when Pride said the word Dark Phoenix. Went into the past, basically. Because, like, uh, the Days of Future Past uh, movie. Yeah. It was actually supposed to be a Kitty Pride thing. Uh, yeah, I, I really don't like that movie. A lot of people say it's on the top half of, like, good X-Men movies. I I have some issues with that movie. I'm gonna be honest here. I think most X-Men movies are mediocre at best. The, I mean, I, I'm okay with that assessment. I mean, in the long run, X2 is probably the, well, no, I really like First Class. First Class is really good. I, I really enjoy it. with <laughs> First Class. It was fun, but as a person who knows about X-Men and the supposed yeah. powers of the people, first off, Darwin. Supposed to be, like, turn yeah, into you the best- you can't, turn into, you can't kill him. First off, first off, you can't kill him. Second off, why was he black in the 60s? He could turn into anything he wants. He yeah, could, not a highly survivable he condition. Should've, he should have been just an old white man. That's the, apparently the most protected class there is to this day. So, and second off, like, as soon as, like, a little bit of that grenade going off in his things, he would have stone lungs, all uh, stomach all of a sudden. I was sure Darwin was going to be fine. I was really sad about that. So, I, I do, I think, as, uh, like, an adaptation of X-Men, not the greatest thing that there will ever be. And why did you bring Darwin? He's such a cool character, and you brought him in just to kill him off. I know. Because he was well, one okay, of the only black characters, movie, also. That movie does really bad for anybody who's not white and male. Like, they all die <laughs> no, or turn evil. Yeah, no, like, for real. And, like, I'm just saying, as a person So, it, it is problematic, but I like getting the blue and yellow costumes. Yes. I, I like some of the tone of the movie. Um, but yeah, I, I get it as like an adaptation and reflecting what the X-Men should be about. Not the best moves. It maybe don't kill off all of your non-minority maybe? characters. Especially yeah. if one of them is supposed to be the ultimate survivor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, but uh, so X2 has probably the best sequences with Nightcrawler's powers. That's probably one of the best uses of superpowers on on the the big screen i i can think of period i think x2 was pretty good x1 it fared well as like one of like i think the first if not one of the first modern yeah. superhero movies yeah but it, it doesn't hold up after 20 years it doesn't hold up but it does but really back in the day it was something it definitely does pretty good i think x2 is pretty good i also Think I also think that Last Stand, after watching some of the later movies, holds up way better than a movie that came out, let's say, three years ago. Um, <laughs> so, oh, by the way, so Days of Future Past. Just to wrap things back up, I would have liked it way better if the future Sentinels that had 
somehow used Mystique's power to mimic mutant powers, because that's not Mystique's power. But if they looked like in Nimrod, fact, the I would have been happier. In fact, it's the opposite. She can't mimic mutant powers at all. She can yeah. mimic DNA, but not like the powers. Not even DNA. It's just the appearance. And so it was really weird that they explained that away. Technically, it is down to the DNA. Is it? Technically, yes. I did not know that. She could become technically a perfect copy of someone, which is why it's really hard to catch her. But but still, you can't, like, get some of her blood and then make sentinels that steal powers. and, And to be fair, like, that was kind of a thing that was happening in days of futures past where like the reason why the signals are able to wipe out everyone is because they're able to like kind of adapt and cr- mm-hmm. gain powers but like you can't get that from mystique you can't know like you get it from, there's other mutants you, get that it from you can mimic. get that from you get it from yeah, mimic it. <laughs> like the mm-hmm. guy who per who can not only copy people's appearances but powers yeah but, and it's so that was weird but if those sentinels had looked like nimrod Oh, I would have been I would have been pretty pleased because like the weird black shiny like Terminator thing. Like, no, I don't like it. These aren't Sentinels. Yeah, I am. I am a big fan of as much as I kind of dislike some of how um, Claremont went. I really do, do like John Romita's Juniors and uh, Glennis Ween's uh, art. Of that mm-hmm. time, yeah. the The art in the Claremont era is fantastic. It's like real good, and like it's the art you think of whenever you think of X Men for for mm-hmm. at least a certain group of people. Yeah, and I think that has a lot to do with why it it held up as well as it did with like some crazy storylines, as we've just discussed. You know what been- the art was like, you know, it's it's good comic book art. It's not realistic, and sometimes people's thighs are as big as their chests, but it's it's comic book art and it it works. And it would have been even better if Claremont didn't write novels over it. <laughs> we're, we're we're purging some of your issues here. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've gotten into. Uh, we had a Nightcrawler episode. Ah, oh, Nightcrawler. Like at least <laughs> like at least a week from when this comes out, and I got a lot of uh, a lot of my qualms <laughs> with X Men okay. out. I get my qualms with X-Men out randomly. but um, So, tell me more about Nimrod. Yeah, so... Yeah, so basically when they're trapped in that, like, room with Nimrod, uh, she said, Dark per- dark Phoenix, and then her mind got hurtled back to young, younger Kitty Pride. And they did some... They did some, uh... Days of Future Past stuff. Uh... Da-da-da. Okay, so here is where we're going to get a little bit of story. Remember <laughs> when I told you the story for when Nimrod showed up? Yeah. This is going to probably, maybe, perhaps, a little bit clear it up. Uh, she also went back in time. But in an alternate version of the past. Uh-huh. But whatever. This was before they did uh, the Earth 1, 2... You know, 616 and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Before they had numbered the alternate realities. Yeah, it was just alternate realities instead of different Earths. But there is a Days of Future Past Earth, Age of Apocalypse Earth, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Uh, so, she arrived in the present 
And Jamie Rodriguez, a worker at the fish market in Lower Manhattan, discovered an ancient necklace with the body within the body of a fish, and it and it contained Colon Gaunt, who lived before the beginning of living history. So he somehow resisted the attempts to take possession of his body, but then he was stabbed by an identified mugger, and the mugger took the necklace that the Colon Gaunt was just like finally a rube, and then right. took over him. Not like this this strong-willed fishmonger. Yeah, this fishmonger, too bad. It's too bad I can't get into his mind. But this mugger, I'm going to stab him with my mind and his mind. Take over. Mm-hmm. And, and then we get the whole story that you told in that issue where Nimrod appears. And then Nimrod appears is back in time and stops the mugging and the necklace just sinks in the mud? Pretty much. Okay. Cool. Cool. I can see how it pieces together now. So, and then he's then he's stuck in the past or our present instead of his present. Yes. Is that and 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 so he starts interacting with the X-Men. Yes. That's okay. what happened. So, whenever uh whenever uh Ileana and Doctor Strange work together to turn back time, you know, the mugger was killed by Nimrod, and then a divergent path happened. So mm-hmm. instead of Days of Future Past happening, something else happened. But Nimrod was also in the past now. Okay. So, um, he was designed to hunt mutants. And in order to hunt Rachel Summers down, he attempted to duplicate the means of which she traveled back through time. He found uh-huh. himself caught within a usual identity. I mean, usual uh, energy flux, which was the result of Strange's, Strange's uh, spell, and transported back within our reality. Okay. And then he was designed to program. I mean, he was programmed to protect humans mm-hmm. that he did not consider criminals. So he just straight up just like, yo, stop it. Bonk, I'm gonna kill you <laughs> with my fist, you criminal. Then he robocopped him. Rodriguez was very grateful to his strange rescuer and brought him home to live with his family. Nimrod <laughs> <laughs> So All right, at this point does Nimrod look like the big pink and white blocky robot, or is he like human shaped? Uh just imagine a really tall really tall uh pink blocky person. Just being okay, like, and then so a fishmonger he, being like, yo, you seem like good people. Come, come live with my family. Live with my family. <laughs> <laughs> he adopted a roughly humanoid form in order to blend with people around him. And then he eventually succeeded in making himself look completely human. So when he desired. Then he learned that he arrived in the past of a different reality than his own. And then then he believed that uh because of the future came from, the, what he needed to do was kill all superhumans. Because that's mm-hmm. how you protect all your, you know, humans. You create a dystopian future where people who are different uh, get suffer. Suffer. Yes. Hey, hey, the uh, the Republican platform. So then he learned about the X Men, uh, and it then thought that they should be killed. 
So he, uh, so after the X-Men learned that Juggernaut was sighted in Manhattan, Nimrod decided to eliminate him. Okay. Oh, sorry, no, not the X-Men. No, he decided, he saw that Nimrod, Nimrod saw that Juggernaut was in Manhattan, decided to kill him. And he was going to eliminate Juggernaut. And this is back when Juggernaut was like full-time evil, not conflicted. Back when, when he rightfully hated Xavier. And mm-hmm. also had the gem of the uh, gem of the Sycorox. Uh Yeah, which he's not a mutant, by the way. If people, he just has a gem, and he's a scion of a destruction god. Um, yeah, he he's got a really complicated. Yeah. Also, situation. Also, if you have not read the new Thor book, I would suggest reading it because it is great. The first issue involves a Thor without a proper hammer trying to defeat the Juggernaut. Hmm. Is Juggernaut bad right now? Juggernaut is bad right now. Oh man, I like it when he's when he's trying to be good. I like I like the idea of uh, of um of Colossus being the Scion of Destruction. But then that's mm-hmm. when uh, Avengers vs. X Men happened. And I stopped reading yeah, comics that, for three years. So that was a that was a thing. That was a bad thing. That was an awful thing. Rogue and the other uh, well, Rogue managed to defeat uh, Nimrod. And then he teleported away. Or it, mm-hmm. it, no, oh, he's coded as male, and it says male in here because it's because yeah, he says it, himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of became a heroic vigilante, quote unquote, by getting rid okay. of a bunch of like criminals and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, he started working with the Hellfire Club at some point. That's not a great crowd. No. I mean, unless you like S&M. And if you like S&M, they're great. You know? Well, I I, I was more dealing with, like, the subjugating humanity. Oh, I mean, I was part. dealing with that. Like, I, yeah, I don't, I don't I, like, no no comment on, you know, what they're into. I mean, I mean, I'm just saying BDSM isn't bad, but when you have a person who gains powers by being hit, maybe it becomes something bad. I don't know. That's kind of weird. Yeah. Well, if you have not listened, if you want to go back, listen to the Black King episode where we talk about how Sebastian Shaw should have a strong man just like constantly punching him in the back called the Juice. (laughs) (laughs) So he has a little bit, he has a little bit, a little bit of juice with him all times because he has a big, because basically he just has like a muscly gimp punching him in the back all the time. Oh, man. Yeah. It's great. They actually have Sebastian Shaw locked into the the Marvel handbook as Black King. They don't do it as Sebastian Shaw. It was technically before he was called Sebastian Shaw. All right. Chris Chris Claremont was still in the... Was... Like, he hasn't done all the Hellfire Club stuff yet. Oh, okay. Like, he's done some, but not to the ultimate... Like, Selene was under Black Queen. Oh. Weird. Guess how tall he is. Um, ooh, like he's pretty tall. I'm gonna say seven foot five inches. No, he's nine foot tall. Whoa, that's really tall. Yeah, he weighs. I don't know why this isn't metric when everything else isn't. Like his specifically is in metric, but the next page over, it's in pounds. No, like no, I'm not joking. Like, like literally, the next page later, the person is six foot three, and he's three meters tall. Which is about nine feet tall. Huh. 
So that is weird. Yeah, and he's two hundred fifty kilograms, so it'd be a little over five hundred <sighs> if I'm doing my math yeah. right. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like two and a quarter pounds. Yeah, um, so 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 really like closer to six hundred, I guess. Yeah, yeah, sounds about he's, right. It's pretty beefy. Yeah, he's pretty beefy, and whenever he's in his uh, humanoid disguise, he has brown hair. I mean, brown eyes, black hair. Um. He can easily lift about, at least in the class 100, but like range, which is like 100 tons plus. Right. So, that's that's pretty high. That's that's up there on yeah, the that's like, Marvel strength chart. That's like Hulk and stuff. Yeah. You can punch Hulk a few times and maybe not get destroyed completely. Yeah. Or at least he can like lift alongside the Hulk. He is a highly advanced sentinel. It's not known what material constructed of, but his robotic form is highly resistant to damage, even by superhuman means. Um, he can okay. he can kind of change his outside uh, appearance to a human being, and he's also constantly making improvements on himself. So he's kind of mm. like always like repairing and making new systems and stuff, reprogramming. Right. One of those upgrading robots. Yeah, one of those upgrading robots. He's, he, like, right now he's basically just a super adaptoid. But, let's get to the fun part. Even when he's smashed to pieces, he can reintegrate the portions of his body to become whole again. Nice. And, nice. Iron giant move. Yeah. And he also, uh, his brain, his electronic consciousness, apparently doesn't need to be in his body. Ooh. Yeah. The cloud. Yeah, at least temporarily, it can be. That's probably pretty useful for his survival. Uh, it's speculated that he has complete control of his component parts down to the molecular level. Um, so, okay. so even if he's reduced to a powder, powder, he'd be able to come back, reconstruct okay. himself. It's pretty intense. He may, he may have evolved himself into a techno-organic life form, similar to, like, Magus or Warlock. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does not have, you know, Warlock's or Magus's power, which is, we could turn into ships and go light speed if we want to. Yeah. Or grow or, you know, become someone's uh, bodysuit while having a weird head talking to him. You know? Yeah. You know, Warlock stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which we will talk Man, about. Man, Warlock's w- weird. We'll talk about him in the W's. He can project concussive blast of uh, concussive blasts from his hands, ultraplasma, disintegrator beams. He also uh-huh. can project man- magnetic energy, which allows him to like levitate, and, mm-hmm. and also make force fields and stuff. And he Kay. can also teleport himself, but it's not known. What the limit of his abilities are on that. Okay. It's just a, a quick escape. Yeah, pretty much. As far as we know. Pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. So, yeah. Th- All right. So, yeah, we're done talking about Nimrod. So, uh, what do you think? <laughs> um, He's not the best X-Men villain out there. He is like every other X-Men villain who is extremely powerful, can't be killed, but somehow gets defeated each time. Yeah, I think there's a reason that he hasn't made it into the movies. It's just like, well, we could just grab 
a a more interesting X-Men villain and have all of the exact same stories that we would have with Nimrod. Yeah, pretty much. So, he's he's kind of a throwaway. Yeah. And, I mean, I like his design a lot, but at the same time, like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's an interesting design, and I would be interested to see if anyone wanted to, like, make a good story with him, but I haven't read any. Yeah, from all the stuff that I've read about him, he's just kind of... He's, he's like any of the other, like, really hard to kill X-Men villains. Yeah, especially, like, any of the other advanced Sentinels. It's like, there's... Guys, you should just pick one and stick with it. Yeah, or, like... I think I think Bastion and Nimrod might have merged once. Uh, I can look, in, actually. I think maybe they... I think Bastion tried to merge... I think he successfully merged with Nimrod... In the X-Force series from, like, 2009, 2008? So, he learned how to morph in 85. Then in 86, Mm -hmm. he started looking at the Avengers and the Hellfire Club. In 89, he met the Master Mold. That feels like it would have been an interesting meeting. Okay, he took over control of the Master Mold... In X-Men 247 and started mutating the um, Sentinels in the okay. having um, like powers and stuff. And also he did merge with Bastion, I think. Yeah, he did. All right. Nailed it. So I guess we're not going to see Nimrod again because Bastion still shows up sometimes. Yeah. And I'm guessing nobody's bothered to like mention Nimrod. I can find in the out, last ten actually, years because <laughs> for an X Men villain who supposedly is very, it's like you know, a very important. He does not show up in a lot. He showed up in the new X Men or uh, Academy X, which is a thing we were talking about before, with like mm-hmm. Elixir, the the guy who was like Doug, uh, Cipher, but isn't Cipher. Um. Ooh. What's his name? Uh, not Prodigy. No. Uh, the girl with pheromone powers and the one with wind Wallflower. power. Wallflower. Yeah, the one with wind power so and the, stuff. And, like, uh, Icarus and Mercury and Surge were all in this group. Yeah. You had that one really cool person called Inked who didn't technically have mutant powers, but he had a tattoo artist friend who had, whose power was he can give people powers through his, uh, through, like, tattooing and drawing on them and stuff. Okay. Okay. Seems like cheating. Well, I liked I liked that idea a lot because, like, you know, like he had like like a colossus arm, like uh, he, he like it like a like a little thing, like he could tap into the Phoenix Force for like a couple of seconds huh. with the Phoenix Force tattoo. Like he was interesting. really interesting. Yeah, I don't remember him. Yeah, he was he was in there for not too long. Um, so apparently showed up in the um the X Force. The X Force uh, run I like a lot, where where it had um, Wolverine, Deadpool, Psylocke, uh, Archangel, Archangel, and uh, Phantom X. Mm-hmm. Speaking of a person I don't like, Phantom X. Um, He's a weird guy. Like two brains plus the ship. Yeah. He's weird. And also, I think technically one of his brains is like Professor Xavier's now. Like it's weird. Oh, that's Phantom X is really weird. I don't like He's Phantom really, X. Really, really weird. Like he does. He shows up in stuff, but not 
Oh, he showed up in the Generation Hope cart. I mean, one uh, where it was. Um, I like that one too. It had Hope Summers. Mm-hmm. A Velisa dad, the one like the self-hating Catholic mutant who can who can do like temperature control stuff. And uh, the person who is the perfect, who is perfectly adapted for anything, like, he's, like, dead dumb most of the time, but, like, he can, like, he can pick up a gun and be the perfect shot, or he could look at a refrigerator and get the maximum amount of, like, nutrients out of everything. Or, like, if he needed to, he can become super smart. Like, he just kind of was what he needed to be at the time. So yeah, she, he kind of showed up. That's a weird one. I liked him. I like. I like. I don't like the main X Men stuff most of the time, but the side stuff is at least a little interesting for me. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. So yeah, we're done talking about Nimrod because he just yeah he just does he's just kind of not really there. Anymore. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone would pick him to use as a villain unless he was like teaming up with someone else. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, so uh, let's get to your plugs. Uh, go listen to the protagonist podcast and Disney animation minute essentials. Okay. Well, my name is Jesse. I have a podcast called creepy critters where I talk about cryptids. That's the word I was trying to say (laughs) where I talk about cryptids. And, uh, I, if you'd like to see my little cryptid, my cat with four thumbs, you can look at uh, my Instagram, uh, which is at marvelous mooch. Um, if you'd like to see the pictures of the people we're talking about, uh, you can go to uh, the HodgePod group on Facebook or my Twitter, which is at Alphabet Flight. Um, this has been Alphabet Flight, and may Madcap show you how truly m- meaningless life is. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.